Every doctor is concerned about your vital signs, but a good doctor cares about your overall health. Your website deserves the same care, and Hey Check It is here to help. Hey Check It is a website performance monitoring and optimization tool. It goes beyond just core web vitals to give you a full picture on how to optimize your website to give your users a happy experience. It includes AI-generated SEO data, accessibility scanning, and site speed checks with suggestions on how to improve, and a number of various other tools to help you. Start a free trial today at HeyCheckIt.com. Hey, Colleen. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am. I'm working, working through stuff. Okay. Can I start with the funny story <laughs> sure. for our listeners? <laughs> okay. So if you listen to our podcast about Michelle's burnout, you might remember that I suggested some very dramatic things like <laughs> quit your job or move to a different country. So the next morning, Michelle texted me and told me she went for a walk. So <laughs> that made me laugh because I was like, I, you know, that's a good first step going for a walk. Um, yes, I actually, I did go for a walk that day because it was sunny for once in Scandinavia mm. in the wintertime. So you got to take advantage of that. Um, so yeah, so um, I... I just want to start by saying I like I've gotten so much support from so many people and so many stories from people about their burnout or their spouse's burnout or um just feeling really really supported um and and appreciating it uh so much um how much other people have been sharing with me and how vulnerable they have been with me um it's been it's been kind of amazing. I guess I didn't really know what to expect going going into it. Like we recorded that episode and I was kind of like, uh, like I don't have any advice for people. Like is that going to be <laughs> Right. Is that going to be like useful for people? Um and it turns out I guess sort of just feeling seen and knowing that other people go through it yes. was helpful. And I think yeah. for me like just saying like sort of raising my hand and saying I have a problem like for me is often the first step in getting through it like absolutely um so so that was really helpful for me um and just being open about it and then all of the support from people um has has kind of given me like a little bit of motion on it um I I mean so many people reach out to me offering to like have have a phone call or something about it and um I haven't taken anyone up on that because I feel like I don't have enough time. Um but I really appreciate it. And I'm just kind of like I don't know. I'm like marinating in everyone's stories like like I kind of feel like I don't know if you ever do this, but like, you know, you get like a steak and then you you put it in the fridge with salt on it and for a couple of days and then it gets really tender. And I feel like I'm just a piece of steak sitting in the fridge and like every story and, and, and sort of encouraging word people have sent to me is sort of, you know, they're each one little piece of Malden salt that's just kind of working its way in and tenderizing me. And this is a little bit of a weird metaphor, oh but like <laughs> metaphor. people who take their oh seriously know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> like I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. It's not marinating is like totally the wrong word for that. Um, but you know, I'm just kind of absorbing, I guess, all of that. Okay. Um, that's great. 
And yes, I have started to try to try to make some changes. But I think so something um, that really helps crystallize for me um, in hearing so many stories about burnout was like there's kind of it feels like there's kind of like two different categories of burnout. There's like work burnout and then there's life burnouts. Okay. And work burnout is, you know, it, that's like you're you're burned out from, from your work situation, right? And then life is like, right. you know, everything else <laughs> going on. Right. Um, I have life burnout, it turns out. And so that has been helpful for me in framing this because then it's kind of like a sort of like a it feels like sort of like the first direction sign you know it's like do I turn left do I turn right is it work burnout is it life burnout okay now we know which way to go okay and then that's like you know sort of like another step to go down of like researching how people get through this um okay so I think that that was really key and helped me start I think start even just like thinking about changes to make because it's when it's like everything possibly that you have going on that you might need to change like that's a little bit overwhelming but at least knowing which domain to think about is helpful I think so how do you know it's life burnout and not work burnout what's the distinguishing characteristics Mm. so I think it's that you know for me like like I really enjoy work to the point where Like, you know, most of my life I have found work easier than life, quite frankly. <laughs> like, I tend to escape into work or school or, or you know, whatever that is. Um, and I think actually the, the fact that I was like, one of my initial stressors a couple weeks ago was like, I don't have enough time to work, was not actually a sign that I was burning out from work. It was a sign that I was going into one of my oldest tried and true stress responses, which is trying to disappear into work. And then the fact that I didn't have enough time to do so was stressing me out and that that, like that, 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 that outlet was not available. So it's not that I didn't have enough time to work. It's that like I didn't have enough time to neglect the rest of my life and just disappear into work. Okay, I understand. I think did we did we ever talk about like the four archetypes of like stress and trauma responses? Have we ever talked about no, that? Okay, we have so never talked about that. So there's like four main categories of these, um, and it's just worth sort of noting. And and it's like not that any of them are better or worse than others. It's just intended to be descriptive and like help you understand um, how you respond to to stressful situations. Um, and so the first one is anger. Um, which is, you know, you you respond with anger, whether that's verbally or physically, you know, with violence against yourself, against other people, against objects, right? And so, like, if something really stressful happens and you really want to punch a pillow or a punching bag, like, anger might be one of your primary um, stress or trauma responses. Most people are a combination of a couple. The next one is flight, which is you're leaving the situation, that can that that can be physically or it can also be sort of mentally, um, but that often takes the form of workaholism, so disappearing into work. Hello, me raising hand. <laughs> um, that can be exercise, like so 
I was a competitive gymnast growing up. So that's also in the flight response. Um, you know, it can be physically moving places like, you know, like when like COVID got really bad, I decided to move countries. So that is also a flight response. Like, hello, all the bells are going off here. Right. Um, so that's like the flight response. And I think especially like in our community, like I come across a lot of people with the like workaholic flight response and the thing like is like though the thing about flight responses is that like they can often be um sort of extreme versions of healthy behaviors or like socially rewarded behaviors which makes them really hard to identify because of course you should exercise a lot like oh like having a good career and being ambitious like that's a good thing right so like it kind of yeah but, at, you know, everything is bad and, and extremes, right? You know, even, you know, anger is healthy, but having too much of it and hurting other people is not. Working is, you know, we all need to work, but like doing it to the point where it's how you deal with life is not. Um, there's a freeze response, which is, I sort of think of that as the like hiding under a blanket, watching Netflix for 12 hours and just being unable to move kind of a response. Um, Like, this is a reaction I heard from actually quite a few friends after January 6th. They were like, I was just, like, frozen for days. Like, like you just just completely, like, withdraw. And so maybe that's, like, you get home from work and you just play video games for eight hours and you can't do anything else. Like, playing video games is healthy. Everybody loves watching Netflix, including me, okay? I know that I seem, (laughs) like, totally, like, little miss, like, type A overachiever. But I do watch Netflix. Thank you very much. Um, currently rewatching our way through Parks and Rec, and it is such a delight. Okay, um, so there's the freeze response, and then there's also the fawn response, which is basically when things are really bad for you, you go into the mode of like trying to rescue or help other people, um, and also mm. that you try to like appease other people. So it's very much like the people pleasing response. So fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Those are these four main stress and trauma responses and I think it's really helpful to understand those like four main categories because when we're talking about burnout like how you experience the burnout seems like like those kind of um those themes come through quite a bit and also how you deal with the burnout is very different and so like for me like as a person who's sort of primarily in that flight response category like for me, trying to all of a sudden start exercising and like signing up for a 10K, like would not actually really be very healthy or productive for me because that's just furthering myself in that stress response category. And, Got it. and, and like that would just lend itself to more extremism in that same type of thing, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and so that was really how I identified like this is actually this is not a work problem, but the existence of me feeling like I don't have enough time to work and like feeling stressed about that and like wanting to work, like this is a sign that I'm falling into one of my uh, my oldest stress reaction paths. Um, like that was those that was really helpful for me. Um, and then so kind of taking some time to think about things and made a couple of like really small changes you had recommended to me atomic habits like probably a bunch of times and it's one of those books I feel like everybody is like oh my god it's so amazing and like so then I didn't read it because like I felt like I'd 
read it because of everybody else had told me about it. It's kind of like, it's not the same way I feel about Avatar. Like, I feel like everybody raved about Avatar. And then I was like, I feel like I've seen this movie. Everybody's talking about it. Like, can we just please stop talking about this thing? Because like, all I've heard about is this, uh, is Avatar. I don't know. Did you ever see Avatar? Do you know what I mean? I did. I know exactly what you mean. I was not <laughs> impressed. I didn't see it till later till everyone was talking about it. So I agree. By the time I saw it, I was like, eh. So I kind of yeah. like had that. I was like, okay, everyone's been raving about Atomic Habits. Like, you know, I've read so many like blog posts to talk about it and people do these atomic essays. And I like felt like I had the gist of it. Um, but you recommended it. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll get it. And I think I bought it like a couple of months ago and it was like just sitting on my shelf collecting <laughs> dust. And then we started like getting kind of like tidying things up a little bit for like getting ready to put Christmas stuff out. And I like saw it in my pile of books um, to be read, which... Well, there's actually multiple of those piles in my house. But um, I was like, you know what? Colleen recommended that book to me. I should, like, I should really read it. Uh, and I'm so glad I did. Like, I am eating my oh, previous words about not oh, I'm so glad. needing to read it. I think it's kind, okay. kind of interesting because I feel like you have said how you don't read self-help books, but this is totally a self-help book. It's like a self-help book for people who don't read self-help books. I know. And that's, that's the only book I've ever recommended to you. It was so good. It's like a self-help book, but it's like so practical. Mm. Like some of the things you're just like, oh, this is like a practical thing. Like the habit chaining mm -hmm. is so obvious in retrospect, but like had never occurred to me how I could, you know, change the habit chaining and the identity stuff I really enjoyed too. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you're, are you finished? Did you read the whole yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. I finished still, it today. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, it. when I sink yeah. my teeth into a book, I finish it in like three days like yeah you just read it I yeah. just yeah I just yeah so um so one thing that I really enjoyed from it was this and I'm gonna see if I can find the exact phrasing here he has um is I think it's action versus motion um, oh yeah I think I remember that yeah and actually I thought of you as I was reading that so let me just find mm -hmm. the exact <laughs> oh, okay. you're like oh I identify I'm like with that. so excited well I read it it's one of those books that I okay. actually like bought on Kindle and then bought the freaking book because I liked it so much oh my god so I'm reading another book on burnout it's called what is it called buy yourself the effing lilies which is like yeah <laughs> no that's actually title, the title of the book the and it's like so it's, it's this woman like talking about her her path through burnout and her okay. like her burnout is very different like the beginning of the book like starts with her like you know, waking up hungover after her 25th birthday and like uh, mm. kind of, you know, she's smoking too much and going out too much and like drunk dialing her therapist. And I'm like, okay, we're in very different parts of our lives. And like, I had a two-year-old at that point in my life and was yeah. definitely not doing that. But I think her her ways of going through it are actually really similar. Um, like her, her tactics, like they both, like both her and James Clear want you to journal. And I'm like, oh. I don't journal. I know. Anyway. I should journal. This whole morning pages thing. I'm like, maybe. Like, I brought it's myself not, a no. journal. I don't know. But anyway, anyway it's actually been ahead. really good. But I, I was reading it on yeah. Kindle, and I was like, I need the paper version of this book so I can, like, highlight it. So, okay. So, James Clear on motion versus action from Atomic Habits. So, quote, I refer to this as the difference between being in motion and taking action. The two ideas sound similar, but they're not the same. When you're in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce a result. Action, on the other hand, is the type of behavior that will deliver an outcome. 
If I outline 20 ideas for articles I want to write, that's motion. If I actually sit down and write an article, that's action. So, and it is, yeah, sometimes motion is useful, but it will never produce an outcome by itself. It doesn't matter how many times you talk to the personal trainer, that motion itself will never get you in shape. So I think like, as I was thinking about this, and actually he's a really great story in here too, about like photography students and how there was this professor who said, okay, this group, you're, you have to take as many pictures as possible by the end of the semester. And your grade is based on how many pictures you take. And this other group is you only have to take one perfect picture and turn that in the end of the semester. And the group that produced the best work was the group that just produced a ton of pictures because they just kept doing things like they were constantly in action of doing things um and as you know as i say as somebody who feels like they have been marinating for the past two weeks and is you know covered in salt um salt (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) like I actually, so I, I was like, you know what? I have to start doing this as I read this book because I can't just like wait until I'm done to start right. doing. And, and I think this is what I, I really like too about this book is it's like do a really small thing. If, you know, we talked about how like I have allowed my physical health to deteriorate with all of this. And it's like, okay, it's not, I want to start working out or I want to or join a gym or whatever that is. It's like, you have to switch the identity as you mentioned from, I want to start doing this to I am someone who does this. And then how can you do really small things every day that prove to yourself that you do that that, so that you build that identity? So he's like, just do a two-minute habit every day of whatever that thing is. But then also do the thing that you really uniquely enjoy and is easy for you that isn't for other people. And so for me, that was like, okay, it's not that like I want to start working out again. It's like, so that identity should have to do, has to be, I am a fit person, I guess, or like I am a person who works out every day. And then so like I, you know, I did a handstand for like two minutes earlier today. And like, that's something that's very easy and fun for me, but makes me feel like, oh yeah, I guess I did some sort of workout today, even if it was really short. Um, so I've like started on these little habits and I feel like I'm probably still in burnout, but at least now I'm doing things, <laughs> you know, like um, I, it just sort of got me. It, it was reading Atomic Habits really helped me kind of like, OK, what are like small things I can do? Um, as he says, that are they're not going to make me 100 percent better. They're not going to take me from burnout to not burned out or whatever the opposite of burnout is. Um, but they're going to make me one percent better. So like doing a handstand that makes me one percent better that really probably only applies to me um you know and everybody else that's going to be something different um I've also started like plugging in my phone after dinner downstairs in the office and making it unavailable Uh, so that I can't end up like aimlessly like scrolling twitter or instagram or whatever like later on at night and like staying up too late at night um and my phone is still accessible to me but it's downstairs in the office and stays plugged in like because I don't need it as an alarm clock because we got one of those like sun lamps that like wakes you up with sunlight because you know I've hashtag Scandinavian winter you don't have this problem in California where you don't have enough I don't. sunlight I just wake right. up without an alarm because there's so much sunlight <laughs> that sounds just lovely um yes we we get you know 
just a little sprinkling of sunlight, if that, a day. Um, Sometimes it's just gray. So um, I also got better D vitamins. Apparently they're more effective if you take vitamin K2 with them or something. Not medical advice. That's just what I read on the internet. (laughs) So I started doing that too. (laughs) Um, Just like, you know, lots of little things. Um, uh, I also like, I I got permission from my my Danish school to only go into the class once a week and do self-study at home the other day of the week. Ooh, that sounds like a big one. Yeah. So like I was really nervous to talk to the head of the head of the school. And that's also something that like, you know, for anyone else listening who's going through burnout, like you're probably not feeling burned out with Danish school being a contributor to it. If you are, though, seriously, reach out to me because um, we probably have a lot <laughs> in common. Um, but yeah, just like reducing that to like one day a week. And I was like, look, I've proven that I'm a good student. Like it's so much easier for me to like if this is a six hour, five, six hour class, like. I would rather do one hour every night and have my eight-year-old correct my spelling and pronunciation, like what she loves, um, <laughs> than like have to be here in a class all day, like just for my schedule. Like then I have four days, one day of class, and I decided that I'm going to book a massage for myself after I go to the class too. Nice. Um, which is... I think something else from Atomic Habits is, like, if you have to do something you don't enjoy, like, schedule in a reward um, afterwards. So, um, you know, and it took me, like, a lot of research to actually, like, find, like, a place to get a massage. Because when you're, I don't know, expat or in a new place, like, everything is just, you don't, you don't have those go-tos for, for anything. Um, but so I'm just trying to make and, – and that's not, like, a huge difference because I, I was like, what – should I drop out of that? Like, you know, like, do I take all these things and do I get rid of them, right? Like, and, you know, because some people are like, I was burned out and so I went to Bali for three months. And then, like, that sounds right. like it really worked for you and it was awesome and sitting on a beach for three months sounds amazing. But, like, I have a family. I have a life. Like, I – like, I like that's just – that's just not an option for me. Um, and so there were some people I was kind of like DMing with who were kind of like, you know, here's how I worked through it. Like I didn't quit my job. Like I, I, you know, I didn't move. I didn't, you know, change anything about my life. Um, I just kind of got through it with the existing structure of my life. That was really helpful for me to hear that, like, you don't have to just kind of walk away from everything in your life in order to deal with burnout because like, especially like, I feel like you read like burnout stories from like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like San Francisco types. That's like, I, you know, sold my company, quit my job and like, you know, lived in a camper van for six months. And I'm like, that's awesome. That, that sounds like that was amazing and helped you. That's just not my life. Like, I just can't like, that also yeah. sounds like flight response to me, which, as we have discussed, probably not something I should do more. I need to do like, you know, <laughs> moderate, like moderate things, like going for a walk and yeah, getting sunlight uh, and, you know, kind of pulling back on things where I can and also like recognizing like, when am I falling into patterns that are not good for me and um. And whether that's like big things, like throwing myself way too much into work or like small things like being on my phone way too much. Yeah. Um, I haven't done the habit inventory that uh, I forget. I've read it a long time ago. 
I haven't done that. that it's like you have to like list out all of the habits that you do and whether they're a good habit, a neutral habit, yeah. or a negative one. So like for me, like a bad habit is like waking up in the morning and you know, checking my email and Twitter and intercom and everything else for like 20 minutes before I get out of bed. That okay. was a bad habit. Like maybe for some people it's neutral, but like for me, like that was kind of just like the the note I started my day out on. And it's probably better for my mental health if I start the day with like five minutes of like cuddling with my dog, right? Like right. that's probably much better than seeing, you know, whatever is waiting for me in my inbox. Right. Um. And so I was like going through all of those. Um, I admit, I'm kind of like, that feels, this, this feels like a slippery slope into journaling. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I cannot get in. I can't get I'm behind I'm so journaling. resistant to journaling. I, this is like our joke is in my nightstand, like by my bed, I have like eight journals. They all have like three pages filled in because every year I'm like, oh, this is the year I'm going to start journaling. I, yeah, I've just accepted that about myself that it's just not my jam. I love buying journals and I know they're so pretty, right? Them, like especially yeah. like the rifle paper yeah. ones. Like I'm a little bit obsessed. Like, these uh, are really nice, but <laughs> not yeah. I so I, but of course I have bought more journals. Um, and this I don't know morning pages thing. Like if there's anybody listening who does morning pages, which is this thing, it's like you're supposed to like. You, right when you wake up in the morning, you're supposed to write three pages. Now, James Clear is like, you should just write a sentence or like just write like anything. And morning pages is like, you get up, write three pages. Is there anyone with kids who does that? And like, how do you fit it into your life? Like, and some people yeah, are like, no oh, I wake up at 530 and that's when I journal. And I'm like, again, that sounds lovely, but like, every hour of sleep I can get like I'm gonna take it like I am yeah. not going to like get up at 5 30 and light a candle and do yoga and journal like I'm sorry that is just not me um what is the benefit <laughs> what is the purported benefit of these morning pages so this I, is something the by the effing lilies book talks a lot about okay um which is that it's just it's sort of like a space to completely let your mind empty out and it's kind of you know you know how I talk about like customer interviews or where you're just there to listen to them without any judgment and whatever they want to say you know you know sort of on the topic you know is welcome and you're not you're, you're just not judging anything they say and it's just about their experience and you're kind of you're, you're holding space for them and their experience it's basically like doing that for yourself oh my god I have to do this I can't like preach that you should do that to other people and then not even and that self-empathy is important and then not hold space for myself. God damn it. I really don't want to journal. Well, I have to wait at least like a week or a week and a half for all these pretty new journals I uh, ordered to arrive. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Get a week. Like, yeah. And I then have you to have wait. to report. Back. Oh, well, and then I'm going away for Christmas. So like, realistically really <laughs> uh, oh my goodness yeah so okay but seriously if you journal and you're listening and you have kids and you somehow make this work in your life like I want to know like details not that like I do it every day like when like how do you fit logistics. in yes I need specifics and logistics and details okay sorry you were gonna say something Colleen 
Okay, so let's go back to this and your burnout. So all of the stories, the majority of the stories I have heard are also those I couldn't work for six months after burnout. So do you feel with with these small steps that you're taking to try and kind of recover from burnout within the construct of your life, how are you feeling? It's been, what, two weeks? I mean, (sighs) yeah, I still feel like I'm just kind of, I still feel like I'm in it. I feel like I have a little bit of motion because of the book. Okay. But um, I don't know. I still feel like there's a lot of stuff that's not working. Um, And, you know, like, so like that founder summit thing, for example, like that, that wheel thing we talked about where it's like you rate your life for, you know, career and spiritual and was it physical, social, emotional. There was like some other category there of like how your life is going in all those different areas. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if there's anything below like a four, you really need to focus on that. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself, you know, I think physical was pretty low, but then also social was pretty low. Like my family is wonderful and I love them. Uh, I don't have any friends here though. And like, so I think mm-hmm. I also gave that one a pretty low rating, but like I'm in another country. It's COVID. Y- Europe is like terrible with COVID right now. I don't know if you've heard like, So that one almost like I didn't even like it didn't even like occur to me that I could do something about that because it like at least like physical it's like okay I can like do handstands and like work out every day but like I can't like go out and somehow like have all of my best friends here like right Right. like that doesn't really happen so um I think that is part of it like not having like a as much of a support system as I used to, like, you know, can't just roll up to your house and like hang out. Right. Right. Like, um, so I think that, 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 that's going to be a bigger challenge that I need to work through. Um, and I mean, I think the social part is a challenge for a lot of people right now and like not feeling supported. Like, even if you are in your community, like, I think just, I mean, with the pandemic, like so many people are burned out for various reasons. And I think yeah. something I have been thinking through, like, why did it get to this point? And I think part of me, like, didn't really feel entitled to burnout, you know, hmm, like, interesting. you know, knowing people in the medical field, like with everything yeah. that they have dealt with over the past two years, like there is serious burnout in the medical field right now. And I think seeing that and, 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 and you know, being very close to people in that field who are burned out from that like I I guess I just I didn't feel entitled to it or like you know there's people who scaled companies to like thousands of employees and billions of dollars in revenue and like they get burned out and I was like this feels like something that is for other people and part of it was like yes I'm special it's not going to happen to me but also part of that feeling was who am I to think that I get to say that I'm feeling this way right? Mm. Like, does that make sense? Like, is it this a feeling sense. I am t- entitled to? Is this a, like, a, a, like, have I earned this title of being burned out, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say now that I've actually verbalized it. But yeah, um, I think that was contributing to it too, because I kept denying that it was going on because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And, and so I think kind of the last two weeks has been really important for me and that not only accepting that I have burnout but also accepting that it's uh, 
it's it's something that I'm allowed to feel or allowed to describe myself as, I guess, if that makes any sense. I think that's oh, been it a, makes total important sense. and sort of, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, and I think that's, you know, that goes to a lot of other things, but like you are absolutely entitled. You have, you know, to feel, to feel that and to have your own problems. It's kind of like when your kid breaks his arm, are you supposed to say, oh, it's fine because other kids have cancer, right? Like it's, it's yeah, not, you can exactly. still be upset because your kid broke exactly. his arm. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. relative, sure. And it helps you keep it in perspective. But again, it is still a very real and very pressing problem. I, I heard this very uh, inarticulately, if amusingly phrased once as someone else's suck does not make your suck suck any less. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. But yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. All problems are valid. And don't right. compare All them. problems are valid. And yeah, I see where yeah, you're coming yeah. from. But yeah, um, it's absolutely real. And you're feeling it and you're in it. Yeah. So I think that's the, I guess that's kind of how I'm I'm feeling. I still I still feel like a, a steak sitting in the fridge covered in salt, um, just kind of kind of absorbing and tenderizing yeah. and whatnot. Um, but I think Atomic Habits is like is helping me with it. Just just kind of giving. Okay. I, I think the idea that I. You know, I, I tend to do th- everything like, you know, totally balls to the wall, right? Like the mm-hmm. idea of doing something and doing it 1% better, like I tend to do things like, okay, how do I do this like significantly better? Um, right. And that was also part of that activity we did at Founder Summit. It wasn't try to go from 2 to 10 in the next 90 days. It's try to go to 2 to 4, right? Like how do you get yeah. slightly marginally better? And I guess allowing myself to adjust my expectations down um, and say, and, and, and just give me like ideas of, okay, what can I, what, what are little things I can do 1% better that are, you know, are gonna, are gonna help me through this. Okay. Yeah. Great. Sounds like a good, a good way to approach it with everything you have going on. Yeah, I've gotten a ton of other book recommendations, but haven't gotten to any of them except this one. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm gonna keep reading. But again, you know, I think talking about that motion versus action, like it's important that I don't just like sit here and read and right. still be stressed out and still be burned out. Like I need to do stuff and just do lots right. of stuff, and maybe some of it's gonna work, and maybe some of it isn't, but it's all you know, action. It's all, you know, maybe helping. It's, it's better than nothing. So, and I think that applies a lot to like business. I, I, I just feel like it's really similar to the situation you were in a year and a half ago where you were just reading about starting a software company and, and reading and researching and talking to people, but yeah. not doing a I whole mean, lot of action on doing it. Yeah. That part, that part of the book really spoke to me. And I think I don't regret the path I took at all because even though when I final when I launched something I kind of did it wrong because I just launched it to launch it that motion or wait that would be action that was that was me moving from motion to action and it was awesome. So I mean for me that I totally agree and I love that that distinction he makes between motion and action. Did you read Atomic Habits around that time that you made that mental shift? Maybe I mean, I read it a couple of years ago, so it, it might that that might have 
been part of it. Yeah, it might have been then. Interesting. Well, I think that will wrap us up for today. I will continue working on these these one percent habits and um if anyone journals or also if you've used atomic habits to um you know get through burnout or stress um definitely would love to talk to you thanks for listening huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show chris from chipper ci the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from The Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry. Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabelles, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender. Brendan from Feederloop. Pascal from Sharpen.Page. Lynn Romick from Convini. Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm. Jessica Malnick. Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker. Eldon from Nodal Studios. Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.